Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Mardig joining us now in our studios. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming in. You had a party last night. Yeah, we did. (laughs) So much a party, but you were able to get together a gathering. Yeah, it was the Roaring Twenties all over again, (laughs) I hear. In the the, council chambers. Yeah, for the first time in... uh, 15 months or so, you had a uh, meeting where you could actually meet live in person. I want to start off by talking about that. That changes Mm -hmm. the dynamics of the meeting quite a bit. Yeah, there's a lot of um, chatter, small chit-chat that happens before the meeting, after the meeting, you know, when you're taking a break, that are just really healthy dynamics. It's not talking business, but it's just like, how you doing? Or sharing a joke, right? And kind of some of those little things that you just can't get when you're virtually looking at one another in a little square box on a screen. And as somebody else said, at least, you know, you're not getting up and having to walk up and down your your small little cubicle or little area that you're in. You have a little bit more room to move. So it it was really good. It was a little hot in the council chambers working (laughs) on that. AC was out, but um, we're working on it, yeah, so it was good. 90 next Tuesday, so I uh, might want to get that, <laughs> yes. uh, get that work done. Yeah, get on that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about what happened last night at the meeting. I want to start off with the hospital. They gave a, uh, a presentation on their 2020 audit, which uh, I'm sure you don't have memorized at this point, mm-hmm. but can you kind of give us, and we'll go to Ben on this one, maybe some highlights from that audit and uh, how it went. I think the general takeaway was, despite a really challenging financial year for the hospital, which was for really all of uh, the healthcare industry, as they really shifted their focus to deal with the pandemic and um, kind of set aside some of their other lower priority areas um, that they might be dealing with that were like non-emergency during that time, our local hospital, City Hospital, really came out strong um, through these challenges. And probably a little bit of like the cash position of the hospital as well as the nimbleness, I guess, as Ron Chilly, the auditor with Clifton Allen Larson said, was really a strength of our local hospital uh, that we had and probably really um, from a local standpoint, I know connected with our community probably in new ways as well. Uh, The auditor didn't necessarily get into that, but I think at the hospital board meeting, they certainly talked about that. So we are, they were able to shift to keep uh, cut down expenses uh, pretty quickly and doing some cost controls. So the expenses were down about 7.6%, but revenue was also down about 8.9%. And there was a little bit of offset as it related to some accounting issues related to some of their pension uh, benefits. And some of that did, did you know have an offset on that a little bit. But overall, I think the messaging was they came out of this strong. It looks like they're poised in a good position. And um, one of the big things is uh, really COVID has accelerated and changed healthcare in many ways. Things that were already happening are probably accelerated more, like going for virtual care. Telehealth options are are here to stay in many cases. Learned that it's possible in some cases that it's helpful uh, to do that, to, to be able to reach populations and keep people remote in some cases, but also realizing there's a benefit to be in person. Operating efficiencies were probably learned through this and um, continuing to evaluate uh, some of the services. But other than that, I think it basically it's an independent uh, bill of health, I guess, of the financial condition of our hospital. And even though it was a tough year, I think the message was that uh, our hospital is in a pretty strong position. All right. Good to hear. Let's move on. Uh, you also had a couple of public hearings last night uh, concerning a cable franchise. Uh, tell us about those. Yeah. I'll let Ben do that again. <laughs> I can I can start. Maybe the mayor can 
talk a little bit about some of the other components of it with the value of fiber to the home and some of the things we're working on a strategic plan. But it gets a little bit complicated because we're really talking about cable franchising. So the federal government regulates telecommunications. I'll just kind of boil this down. Cable franchising is kind of an old, antiquated kind of law a little bit because it's about cable television um, and cities have right owns like the city streets and the boulevards the rights of way and they need to run that cable down the uh, boulevards and things um, in order to provide service to customers in town and so cities are allowed to regulate the area that 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 it would be provided to so we can require that you can't just put it to the wealthiest neighborhood and leave it there Um, you can regulate that it has to serve all of the city you can add uh, uh, fees for the use of that right of way um to collect dollars to recoup city costs for acquiring, maintaining public right-of-ways. The other piece of it is, is obviously with telecommunications changing, we now know the Internet is also served by those same cables now. So it's basically a fiber system that's going in that can serve both cable television and Internet. Federal government also regulates Internet, but there is no local authority for franchising related to Internet service. So it's a little bit of complicated where in one way we can regulate and another we can't. But ultimately, in the modern age, it means we're getting both, right? So um, what it's going to mean is MetroNet, formerly Jaguar, is interested in expanding in Northfield. They're expanding in a number of communities in Minnesota. We're fortunate to be one of them. We don't currently have throughout the community, high-speed fiber internet, and we know, as we've talked about it, how important fiber is. Um, This is the first step in the process of the cable franchising piece of it where the city does have authority. So last night, basically, we have a specialized attorney that's in telecommunications with Moss and Barnett, um, and he talked about the first step in this process was basically to determine, is this company viable? Can they actually perform on what they say they want to do? So they did an independent kind of review of that for us, following the federal guidance on that. The council held the public hearing that was part of that, and then ultimately um, approved the resolution that basically says, we believe they're viable. You can proceed now with the details of the franchise agreement, which is scheduled to come back on June 15th, and it requires a couple of readings. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of my way to kind of package those into two different (laughs) things and I think the real exciting thing is internet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the mayor mm-hmm. wants to come in a little bit yeah. about that, but that's the piece that comes along with it, even though that's not technically what we're regulating with the franchise approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah, expanding broadband out to all of our residential areas is really a priority of the council. I think we have that probably more so to our business community, but not necessarily in our residential areas. And so expanding that out, giving people a choice. I think that was one of the areas that was really highlighted last night is when you have choice, you have some healthy competition there amongst different companies. And uh, yeah, choice is important for folks. Mm -hmm. And we've learned through this last, what did you say, 15 months, how important broadband or fiber to the home could be, can be. And um, I'm really excited to see this come to fruition. So. All right, let's move on. Uh, you talked quite a bit about the Hillcrest development. Uh, the CAC is uh, in charge of that or leading the uh, charge for that, uh, the development on the uh, north side of town. Uh, tell us about that and uh, what uh, what they're going to need to move forward. Yeah, well, last night we, on a, the consent agenda, we actually approved the final plat for that, mm-hmm. that development. And it's actually a redevelopment of an existing site. 
there'll be about 17 units uh, there. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people are finding out about it. Uh, We've talked about it before, but just as a reminder, it's 17 units to support the growing needs of homeless individuals, people experiencing housing insecurity, and families looking for affordable housing options. So again, this, it's another avenue uh, to be able to address some housing insecurity needs that we may have in the community, and CAC has primarily been leading that effort. So the council had an opportunity last night to really look at if there were any additional ways that the council wanted to support the initiative financially. The HRA has already provided assistance toward the project in the amount of $250,000, basically forgivable loan, Um, The council uh, put forward and voted unanimously on approving an additional $203,000 worth of uh, support for the project through various means and really just asked our city staff to come back with some different options, whether CARES funding, uh, reserve funds, or Uh, the park dedication fee. There were a number of options that were listed there, and so those should be coming back to the council at a future meeting. But again, just really pleased uh, the support. There was overwhelming support uh, for this project in the community and the importance of you need multiple financial resources to make these uh, projects a reality, and the council helped out last night. uh, Mr. Marty, we'll ask you this, Ben. Um, having the city give money to an organization is a little bit tricky. I know you have the good intentions, but can you give it to a nonprofit? Is there a uh, is corporation behind this? You can't do it to a corporation. There are certain guidelines. Can you kind of walk us through that a little bit? Now, who's going to be owning this the, the Hillcrest project when it when it's done? Will that be, uh, is it going to be the city or a nonprofit? Is it going to be the, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the organization, um, that uh, has done quite a bit of housing in our area uh, over the course of time. Three Rivers. Three Rivers, yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, who, how, what's it, how, what's it, how are we going to navigate the waters to make this happen? Well, we have an attorney that helps us through that process. <laughs> I would say, first of all, we, I mean, it isn't uncommon. Our Housing Redevelopment Authority and the Economic Development Authority related to, like, housing projects or, in some cases, business projects, but this is housing we have another agenda item we're going to talk about where we have partnered with Three Rivers and the city has participated. Mm-hmm. So there are certainly provisions that are pretty clearly in authority. The HRA's action is an example of that. There are other areas on some of the incentives that we're looking at that aren't as common. And our attorney basically said there are ways under our city organizational structure where we can offer, as long as it's not just, just for the sole purpose of a direct benefit to that entity, like for the financial benefit to them. So if there's a broader public purpose and benefit, there's a legal way that we can write in an agreement with terms and conditions for them to perform to to be able to do that. And like the mayor said, this is pretty common in communities to partner particularly around housing development because affordable housing to really meet the, the where the market fails on kind of the, our, our lower end housing market to um, or and even emergency housing, I guess, for people in those cases, they really the margins are so tight. We need state assistance. You require city. In the case of the CAC, there's even there's a large portion of private donors that are coming in, which is very unique um, and a positive thing as well. So there's a legal authority, I guess, uh, to get into that, um, Jeff. And um, I'm trying to think if I missed your other question. I'm sorry. But I guess, yeah, the legal authority is there to do that. Oh, the okay. ownership question. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know off the top of my head the exact legal. I mean, the 
community action centers helping to leave it. So I believe it's going to be in a nonprofit, but I don't have the actual organizational okay. structure that they're using. Threevers, I don't believe, is scheduled to be mm-hmm. the owner. They're not involved in this project directly. All right. Uh, now, they are involved. You, you mentioned another uh, project, the uh, Spring Creek Townhomes. They're, they are part of that. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Why don't we uh, just segue into that then and uh, go from uh, one project to the other? Uh, you had uh, some items on the uh, uh, agenda, a couple of agenda items last night involving the Spring Creek Townhomes, a second edition. Uh, tell us about those. I'll kick it off to follow up the financial piece, and then I'll turn it <laughs> over to the mayor okay. on that. The, what's a little bit unique on the CAC one, actually part of what we typically offer for an incentive is what's called tax increment financing. And basically on like an affordable housing project like Spring Creek, they're building the new homes. That's going to be generating taxes. But for a period of time, they basically request that the city allow to them to capture those dollars to help with the development costs up front. And then the, the, the taxes that will benefit the community come years in the future. So TIF is one of the things on the Spring Creek that's scheduled for uh, council consideration. They've been looking at this for a few years as, they, as they've been trying to pull together the financial pieces. So those that have been on the council are uh, well aware that this has been on the list for Spring Creek to offer as an incentive. Whereas on the CAC, they're falling into a different tax category where they aren't going to be basically generating much of any um, local property taxes because of the type of housing that they're building with that. So it's a little bit unique. Mm -hmm. That's one big component of our discussion last night was with TIF, and the mayor can maybe talk about some of the Mm -hmm. other pieces as it relates to Spring Creek, but maybe just wanted to define that first. Yeah, and again, Spring Creek Townhomes 2, we do have Spring Creek Townhomes 1, and that's in that southern portion of the city, just south of Spring Creek Town, uh, Spring Creek Soccer Fields, pretty well-known area. So we will be expanding there, adding an additional 32 units. Uh, so highly needed, uh, again, affordable housing. So we're making progress on our strategic plan with the help in this partnership. Now, unique with this project is that we competed for low-income tax credits, I believe, at the state level in 2018. And because of the competition for those funds, we weren't, we did not uh, receive those. So we went back and did that ask again, and then received those in 2019. So again, it's talking about these multiple different uh, resources that really need to be gathered to be able to make a project a reality. And so the TIF, there were two two discussion items last night. One was on the development agreement and the other one was on the TIF agreement. And uh, council again, very, this isn't a new project. It's moving forward. Very little discussion. In fact, so much, I would say so much support for those uh, two projects, development agreement, TIF agreement. They'll be on the consent agenda uh, to move forward and hopefully they'll be breaking breaking ground here yet this summer. All right. Let's move yeah. on to the last thing. We skipped over the uh, Northfield uh, Fire Relief Association, the, the uh, pension uh, benefits there. What was that concerning? One of the main, uh, this is a pension <laughs> authorization that has to come to the city council. The uh, Northfield Area Fire and Rescue mm-hmm. Association board did uh, vote and recommended to make a change in their pension benefit, but it goes back to the partners, the organizational partners of our joint powers, which the city is one of those. Really, a public pension is one of the primary financial benefits to being a firefighter uh, in our community. Uh, they get currently $10,000 per service year, um, and the authorization was go to 13000 
and they're eligible for that full pension after 20 years. Um, and so, and, it, and those dollars are generated from state aids and then basically the investment income that they have. And they've had some really good uh, performance. There can be mm-hmm. cases where city contributions or partner court contributions might come into play with the formula, but that hasn't happened for a very long time. They got very close look at uh, those pension benefits and the mayor can talk a little bit more maybe about, you know, serving as a firefighter and um, kind of what that's involved. But the council did approve mm-hmm. that last night. Um, uh, mayor, I don't know if you have anything to add on, on yeah. that. Just grateful, uh, I would say. A lot of, it was mentioned last night that we have, there are a lot of other communities that are looking for firefighters and not maybe as successful as we are. And uh, I think somebody, Councillor Reister, I believe, mentioned last night that they are, are hiring four additional firefighters and there are about 30 different applicants uh, for that. So we are really grateful. It's an important need that needs to be fulfilled in our community and we have volunteer firefighters that give of their time that interrupt mealtime with their families uh, they come in the middle of the night they come on holidays right to be there for community members and sometimes in not the greatest circumstances mm-hmm. and so really appreciative of all of our firefighters uh, they're about they receive about four thousand dollars annually for that service that they give back to the community and just really want to say thank you to all of our firefighters for the service that they provide, not just the city of Northfield, but the city of Dundas and the surrounding area. And uh, noted last night, I think our longest serving firefighter is actually Chief Frannick with about 37 years. And today, June 2nd, 1985, or at least it's said in our materials, right? That's when he first came on to be a firefighter. Wow. So it's 37 years. And uh, we have at least three other firefighters that have been serving for 34 years. So that longevity, institutional knowledge, knowledge of the community is really beneficial to us. And there are so many, I'm not sure there must be well over 20 firefighters, but at least 16 or so have more than 10 years of experience. So just really grateful for the service that they provide our community. All right. One thing to add on that, Jeff, is I think our packet was like 500 pages um, last night. (laughs) And the mayor mayor pulled that detail of the years of service for for Gary, our chief, out of one of those 500 pages on a a small print line item. So she did her homework on her packet. (laughs) You don't realize how big or how much material you have to go through until you actually physically see it in a binder. I'm like, oh, my gosh, our police department used to deliver those to us you know each week for council meetings and just gives you a little bit more appreciation for you know just doing your due diligence and the amount of effort and time that it takes to develop those packets is really quite substantial so all right well we're out of time we got to move on thank you so much (laughs) for joining us we do (laughs) running late thank Thank you you so much for coming in Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Marty. We've got uh, Rich coming up, Tim too. That's on the way. At Northfield Retirement Community, 